the 2019 Policy Address phone-in with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. Call us on 233-88266 or you can email us at backchat at rthk.hk. Good morning. Welcome to this special programme. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Between now and nine o'clock, your chance to question the Chief Secretary, Matthew Chung, on this year's policy address delivered on Wednesday. If you want to talk directly to Mr Chung, just give us a call. And the number is 233-88266. We're broadcasting today on RTHK Radio 3, on RTHK TV 32. We're webcasting this on the RTHK Radio 3 homepage. And we're on Facebook Live on the back chat on RTHK. Radio 3 page and the RTHK Radio 3 page. Over the next hour, Mr Chung will be listening to your comments and answering your questions on this third policy address of this administration. It went under the slogan, Treasure Hong Kong, Our Home, with housing policy and land supply as the main themes, although there were also initiatives to, to improve people's livelihood and diversify the economy. But the way it was delivered by the Chief Executive, and crucially what was not included, seems to be more on people's minds than the address itself. Despite the major civil unrest affecting our city over the past four months, there were no initiatives to deal directly with the situation. An opinion survey suggested it was the least well-received address since 1997. Well, you can tell Matthew Chung your reaction, your questions and comments, please. The number 233-88266 and get the calls in early. We always get a, a log jam of calls at the end, so if you want to have a decent conversation uh, with Mr Chung, then uh, dial now, 233-88266. Danny. Good morning, Chief Secretary. Morning, Danny. Good morning, thank, Hill. thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me this morning. We're, we're very pleased to have you this morning, but I, I must say many of our listeners were expected to um, hear from the uh, Chief Executive. Uh, yes, for more than a decade, yes. Chief Executives have come on this show after every single policy address, and uh, Chief Executive cancelled the, um, the uh, appearance yesterday with the Chinese language shows and the council this one today. And, of course, the impression that is left with many ordinary people is that she's trying to minimise and control her appearances with the Hong Kong public, especially after the extremely rough reception she got when she had the Meet the Public session on September the 26th. Certainly not. not, 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 not it's not true. In fact, uh, she's been very proactive, accessible, she's actually on the uh, Facebook Live last night. Well, that's a controlled yeah. environment, isn't it? I yeah. mean, it's one thing to sit in front of a computer <laughs> in your own office as and opposed also, to and taking... And also a, a full-scale, pretty long, long press conference on the day of the policy address. Uh, there's a new format. I, I'm here to... Uh, to deal with the, the, any questions about the policy address, and also, of course, uh, she's very busy at the moment, as you all know. Is she scared or t t taken aback well, by certainly, the, re the reception not. she got at the uh, Meet the Public session on September the 26th? Well, certainly So not. many certainly hostile not. questions. We, we keep an open mind. We, 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 we talk with a humble approach, you know, and listening. We're all very serious about listening to the, to the views of the community. There were 20,000 people who signed up for that previous session, so there's more than, more than 19,800 still waiting. When are they going to get a chance to talk to the Well, we'll certainly, we'll certainly uh, run a series of these so-called uh, uh, public dialogue sessions, including uh, myself and also other secretaries. Oh, and you instead of the chief? chief no, 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 no. The, the whole team, the whole political team, we will be, we will be out in, the, in uh, you know, just, uh, out in the field meeting the public and also try to reach out as far as possible. You, you, you know? say that, but that promise was made in July. That promise was made on July the 9th. That, as you say, um, the, the chief executive said that principal officials, undersecretaries, yeah. the political assistants, senior civil servants, the executive council, 
councillors will be out meeting the public. We've seen no sign of that. Now, we're doing it at three levels. First of all, one is a public one. Entirely transparent live broadcasting. No, you've had three months and no, no, you no. have not done that. As I said, we're doing it on... on, on no, you're not doing it. At three levels. No, we're doing it at three levels. You're what? not doing it at three levels. No, you no, haven't no, done no, it no. at all over the past three months. Well, let me explain first to you. First of all, the first, the first level is the public dialogue, a transparency like the QE Stadium, the one I held early on, uh, live broadcast. Will, is, will, will, will we see any more of those? Yes, certainly. The, the, the second tier, actually, it's, we're already having closed-door sessions. A lot of these happening. I myself had a few sessions already with young people across the whole spectrum, young people, a very, very sensitive community, because the, the participants re re requ request to be behind closed doors. They, want, they don't want to be identified. So dialogue is going on behind closed door. The, the third one is we'll be also identifying uh, scientific basis, age cohort, education background, and so on in future. Also, hold another sort of dialogue. So we've got three levels going on. But the behind the scene, closed door one, has been going on for weeks and weeks. We've got the hundreds of them. Yeah. But I think a lot of members of the public are asking, when is there going to be another public session? When are they going to be allowed to put questions well, directly certainly, to GBZ? Certainly, it will be coming up. Coming up. Well, coming up shortly. 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 So, so, so there, was, there was an hour and a half meeting at the QE Stadium. There was right. an hour with the chief executive in the Facebook Live. That's two and a half hours right. spent talking to the public. Yes. In the thousands of hours since you made that promise in July. Well, as I said, we're That's proceeding at three levels. We are making effort, leaving those long in turn here. Reach out to the community. Okay, uh, let me t take you up on some, uh, follow up on something you said in yesterday's show when you were yeah. asked about the uh, Yunlong 721 attacks, and you said it's time to move on from those, and people really shouldn't be so obsessed by um, or entangled by uh, what happened in Yunlong on 721. Now, your remarks yesterday created quite a stir. What did you mean by that? Well, I mean actually two things. One is actually uh, the Independent Police Complaints Council has really been working in the full swing. Now, they will be investigating, looking into... They will, be, they, they will actually looking into the, the, the various saga over since June 9th. In other words, every single incident they promised... Right, to I'm not asking it. about the general, general no, 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 no. saga. That, I'm asking about this one specific day, which uh, so many people talk about in, in Hong Kong. And yesterday, when you said people should move on from it, there was a very angry reaction. No, when I say move on from it, that means the IPCC will look into the whole saga, including 21st of, of, of July. That's point number one. And in fact, they are doing very good work at the moment. Uh, a, a, a full swing. In fact, it will be coming up with the initial report, hopefully by the end of this month, by the end of the year, or early next year. So in other words, things are moving in the right direction. All right? So we shall leave it in the hands of the IPCC. Do you, do you accept that there's still considerable public anger about the government and in particular the police's reaction or lack of reaction on that day and that um, this is an event that is uh, very deeply marked in the minds of many Hong Kong it people? As I said, the IPCC will look into it. We'll you, leave it to the IPCC. You, you haven't answered my question about whether you accept... And in particular, you said on July the 26th that there was a discrepancy between what the police did and what the public expected on, on that day. Do you still stand by those remarks, yes well, or no? I, I, I did make the remark. And do you still stand by that remark? I, I did make that remark. And since then, let, let me explain, since then we've had very good communication with the police at various levels. All right? So we should move ahead. We should move ahead and actually to deal with the present situation. Sounds to me like you're saying you don't stand by that remark anymore. I offered you an opportunity to say you stand by it and you did not say you stand by it. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's make it absolutely clear. I did make the remark in the context of the whole situation. But since then, as the IPC says, I move in. All right? IPCC is investigating, is looking into it. We shall leave it in the hands of the very competent IPCC. All right? 
Going, going back to the, I mean, you say that the chief executive has been been accessible. Uh, to be honest, that strain, strains <laughs> credulity. Um, a, a lot of people will say, and, and there were long periods in, uh, the, uh, in, in the process over the past few months when there was no word at all from the administration and the programme that I produce every day, uh, work on every day, Backchat, we have, we have strained uh, every muscle to get anyone and we've occasionally managed to get executive councillors, no government officials, none of these principal officials who we were promised in July would be taking part and would be speaking to the administration. The fact is that the most pe for most people in Hong Kong, their contact with the administration has been the police. You've left the police exposed in the front line. All the anger that people want to express towards the administration and you has been borne by the police. They have been the contact for the state. Um, and you're throwing the police to the wolves, effectively. Well, certainly the police are doing an excellent job at the moment. It's a difficult job. I must say, a very difficult job under very heavy pressure. But you're making it more difficult. No, very heavy pressure. Uh, we're not leaving it to them alone. Of course, they are, they, are, they are doing it in a very professional way, very competent way. We are letting out every support for the police force in their day-to-day -day duties and also to facilitate enforcement, provide logistical support across the whole board, all departments, the governing team. So, of course, you know, they are in the front line. They are the, the enforcement agency. It's, it's their due responsibility. At the same time, we are giving them every single support in terms of, for example, legal instruments, for example. If there's anything we can do to facilitate enforcement work, we will do it. Anything you can do to... So if there's what, what any about meeting the public? The what about any... talking to the public? What about... Because you could be doing this every day. The chief executive could be doing could be doing phone-ins, could be doing Facebook lives, could be doing meeting the people sessions Cute. every we are doing, day. We are doing it now. We're doing, as I said, we've got we, we can't spend every single minute on just talking to the community. We've got policy works to do. We've got meetings to chair. We've got governance to, to really tackle. But the door is open. Let me assure you that we'll be reaching out to the community in a humble way, in a genuine fashion, and also listening to their grievances. And not just listening, acting, analysing their views, why are they so unhappy about Hong Kong, the reason for their discontent, what exactly has gone wrong, and then try to fix it. For example, look at the policy address. We are now cracking... They're very difficult problems now, like housing and land. But there's nothing in the policy address, nothing at all, to address this extraordinary situation now, that we're in. As the CEE said quite clearly, the policy address this time focuses on primarily livelihood deep-seated issues, which we, in the past, tend to shy away from it. For example, land and housing has been a long, drawn-out, deeply entrenched problems years and years for years, you know, we're not tackling it. Cracking heart nut is not easy, but we have got the determination, the resolve, and the political will to do so. What did you mean just now when you said that if there's anything we can do to facilitate the police, we, 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 we will help? Anything you mean any requests the police make, uh, you will facilitate? Anything that we can do to facilitate it, well, of course, in a lawful way. The point I want to make is to... Well, almost anything can be lawful under the emergency regulations ordinance. No, no, no. You go, uh, the chief executive has uh, complete power to do anything. So. Yes, I said anything that we can do legally, lawfully, all right, and also to facilitate enforcement work. For example, from logistic support to, to even counselling, to, to really you know, everything that we can do, clearing roadblocks, for example, after any, any confrontation. Anything you, know? you can do lawfully, so you would certainly consider further measures under the emergency regulations ordinance, which is lawful after now, all. As the CEO said clearly, that we have no plans to, to resort to this in the short-term future, at least. We don't short see term, it. In, in the short-term. In, in, in the short-term future. The whole thing is the situation must be coming back to normal. Our prime task now 
as we all know, as we all agree, is to restore calm and peace to Hong Kong. If you're talking about lawful actions, then um, the chief executive can lawfully pardon people. Can, no, no. Can, no. Only uh, under the Art- basic under law. Article 48. The, under the uh, basic law, you can, only, can pardon see, you can only pardon anyone after conviction. After conviction, mm-hmm. somebody convicted, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. not before conviction. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is convicted, ten years to jail sentence, it's up to the CCC have the power to pardon, to pardon or to commute, pardon. but only or after can, conviction, the okay. due process of law. Or you can, or you can decide not to prosecute. No, you can, it's not up to the CCC. Prosecution is beyond CCC's power. It's, it's up to the Secretary for Justice. Isn't it? It? It, 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 it's up to the Minister. Under the Basic Law, prosecution is an entirely matter for the Department of Justice, not for the CEE. This is exactly. So the Secretary of Justice, yes, can decide whether or not to prosecute. So whether, it's, it's, whether prosecution. So a lot is of these misunderstanding in the community that sees the power of the Parliament is not true. Absolutely untrue. This all goes against the rule of law if the CEE does it now. He's got, he's got no power to do so. He's got no power to do so. Well, the, the, the president, the very famous president, of course, for an amnesty in 1977, when the police were given an amnesty when they when they attacked the headquarters of the ICAC. But that's before 1997. Uh, before the okay. basic law. Sure. Uh, uh, the, right. I mean, the since basic ni- law has since changed, changed the landscape. Better safeguards in terms of legal protection of Hong Kong community, freedoms, and all that. So you have the watershed comes in 1997, the basic law itself. But but since 1997, we have seen the Secretary of Justice decide uh, and citing the public interest in whether to go ahead with the prosecution, for example. In the case but, of, but as the I case said, this is something strictly something for the DOJ, Department of Justice, not for the CEE. All right, so CEE cannot interfere. Okay. Now, the district council elections are coming up. A lot of people are saying, how can you possibly hold fair elections in these circumstances? Um, candidates have been attacked. Offices of candidates have been attacked. And we're saying that um, your contingency plans of delaying the elections for one week are totally inadequate and that you'll have to go to the leadership council and seek a um, longer delay to, to the district council elections. We don't want to see any delay. Uh, not a question of what you want. It's yeah. a question of responding to the situation. Well, we're, we're, do, you, do you agree that the situation is such that you might have to see a longer delay? Well, I... I, I at the moment, it's difficult to predict, but what I really want to see is actually orderly, peaceful election. election you're, you're not ruling out a longer delay, though. This is a, you, in this present situation, you can't rule out anything, right? A longer delay is not something that we want to see. The Again, you're not saying that it's a, it, can't, it won't happen. You're just saying you don't want it. Well, the whole thing is we can't rule anything in this world. But I really, the government's position is quite clear. The whole community wants the election to go ahead as scheduled. But... Much depends on the situation, of course. As we rightly say, a lot of the offices of the candidates, particularly you know, in various districts, burned down completely, you know, vandalisms and all that. So we want all this to stop straight away so that we can have a fair, peaceful and really proper election, as it were. Okay, our telephone number is 233-88266. If you want to talk to the uh, Chief Secretary, uh, then that's the number to call, and we'll put you on air, 233-88266, to speak to Matthew Chung. This morning, uh, in this programme, between now and 9 o'clock, let's go to the calls now. We've got uh, Andy, we hope, first on the line. Andy, good morning. Yeah, hi. Uh, good morning, Mr. Andy. Chung. Andy. Hi. Right, how many officers have you employed under Section 24 of the Police Force Ordinance? Um... You mean section 24? C- could, you, could you clarify mm. the, the implication of that, Andy? Sorry, we, I'm right. not sure what that means. Under section 24, the commissioner may, without written engagement, employ persons to serve temporarily as police officers. So this would be the route for the police to bring in a person from mainland China without documentation. Andy, I, I can assure you that there is no question about this happening. 
um, certainly the police can deal with the present situation as their own effort. Um, I'm sure the police are professionally competent to tackle the present uh, crisis. Um, All right, well, that's, that's good to hear. But it, it's, many, it's widely believed in the community that you have done that. It's not true. You just said that the police are doing an excellent job. I'm afraid that few people in Hong Kong actually believe that. There's a Chinese University of Hong Kong opinion poll this week that showed 51% of people have zero trust in the police, down from 6% in June. Now, what, you know, Carrie Lam, supported by you, has destroyed the Hong Kong police in the last four months. Andy, I, 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 I don't agree at all, you know. Um, what I said by the police do an excellent job is given the very heavy pressure they are facing now and a very difficult task they are, they're, they're performing to maintain Hong Kong's peace and order, I think they've done the best they can, really, you know, best endeavour. So on that score, I think we should recognise their efforts, right? Of course, you know, there are things that we can always improve. As I said, if there is any complaint about the police force, individual officers, police action and so on, we got a proper channel of complaint. The How about the loss of public confidence in the police as reflected by the opinion poll Andy just cited? 70% of Hong Kong people want uh, the police to be restructured. Well, we are aware of the very tense uh, so-called police community relations at the moment. That's why we, we appeal to everybody. Calm has to be restored ASAP as soon as possible. Police is doing the job to enforce law and order. They're responding to law and order situation. If people do not take part in unlawful protests, unlawful, for example, violent attack, a police called in nine, for example, then why should police react? Would the government consider but, responding to public sentiment on that? I mean, when the conflict was over in Northern Ireland, you had a restructuring of the uh, police in Northern Ireland. Would you consider something similar in Hong Kong? Now, at the moment, as I said, our prime task is to, to bring back law and order, bring back calm and peace to the familiar Hong Kong that we all know. Right? This is not the familiar Hong Kong we know. We've built up Hong Kong over the years, over the case. Now, it's, it's really it's beyond recognition. Then you haven't okay. answered my question whether further down the line you would consider a restructuring of the Hong Kong police. I, I think there's something in, really at the moment. It's, not, it's something pretty top on our agenda. I would say that let's not debate on something theoretical, academic at the moment. Rather, our job is to face the present crisis, tackle the present situation, bring all of back to the community so that we can have calm and peace in a whole community. That's our right, but you're not going to be able to do that unless you have a judicial-led independent commission of inquiry into the whole extradition bill saga. There have been so many instances of police brutality and bad behaviour shown on the television and the internet. You know, the police uh, routinely lie in their daily press conferences. We have the maternity ward incident and the yellow object as examples. So the, the IPCC route is not adequate. Um, they can only deal with the individual complaints against the police, not wider policy issues, and they cannot compel witnesses to testify under oath. There's a, there's a much wider crisis of confidence in governance in Hong Kong. Your government has some legal authority, but it has no moral authority, not anymore. You are not accepted by 70 or 80 percent of the population. And that's only going to change, um, like I said, with an independent commission of inquiry and started some proper democratization. There are too many unknowns in Hong Kong, like what's the role of the central government liaison office? What do they do? What's their function? How many staff do they have? All these issues have just gone unanswered for the past 22 years. And, you know, you've got to start 
getting to grips with it, or we just end up as like any other mainland China city. And we, we have this image of Mrs. Lam. She can only do what the Chinese government tell her to do. You know, that's why we presume she resisted on formally withdrawing the extradition bill for so long. You know, there's no confidence in Mrs. Lam, and I think she should go, she should resign, not because that in itself is going to solve anything, but at least it will be a starting point. Okay, Andy, thank you very much indeed for your call. Well, Our telephone number is 233 uh, Next on the line, uh, we have uh, Ah Song. Ah Song? Uh, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good, good morning, Matthew. It's morning. nice to speak to you again. Yes, of course. I want I want to talk about something which hasn't uh, been mentioned whatsoever in the current policy address. There's no mention of protection of minorities in the policy address, and I think that's a great shame because there are a lot of very pressing issues for minority groups in Hong Kong that uh, that do need uh, urgent, uh, urgently to be tackled. And I say this in the context where there is no senior government official or almost no senior government officials belong to minorities. I believe that there are only three senior government officials who are women. But discrimination and minority issues are, are, hard, are pressing very hard and they need to be dealt with urgently. And I'd like to give you three examples. The first is housing discrimination. Any person who's a member of an ethnic minority knows how difficult it can be to get rental housing in Hong Kong and that it is very often that they will uh, receive just blatant discrimination because of who they are, what their name sounds like, what their uh, skin color is. But at the moment, there is no government agency tasked with doing anything about this. And I know that it has been well reported to um, the CMAB, to the EOC, but, but nothing is done about it. And the estate agent's authority has no mandate to do anything about it and no resources, even if they were to use their existing mandate. The second item I'd like to talk about is school discrimination. Any ethnic minority person uh, who has gone to a public or a private school and tried to enroll their, their child very often will receive uh, blatant, uh, open discrimination because of what their child looks like or what their name sounds like. And the third thing is LGBT discrimination. This is, uh, this today I think will, will mark another court decision, but in the last few months, the courts have repeatedly encouraged the government to review all the legislation dealing with uh, uh, same-sex marriages and same-sex couples and LGBT discrimination. And so far there hasn't been any, uh, any general review of the law to prevent this kind of discrimination. Okay, Mr. Chen. Also, as, as you all know, I chair because uh, you know I chair the uh, ethnic minority steering committee myself. And during the last two years, off our own bet, I've actually secured five hundred million dollars from the government uh, kitty uh, in order to really enhance the well-being of the ethnic minorities in Hong Kong. I've got EMs at heart; they are part of Hong Kong. They are part of Hong Kong community. Um, so there's no question of discrimination at all. At all levels, we'll do the best we can. If there are any shortcomings, we'll make up for it and, and also make sure that they enjoy total inclusiveness in whole community. For example, you talked about uh, school, uh, school services and so on. We've made it quite clear that if any in kindergarten refusing the admission of DM kids, for example, they can come to the Education Bureau and we'll look into it. In fact, all the kindergartens are now uh, playing ball, as it were. And also, I've, I've given them extra support. 
If you got EM kids there, then you got an extra teacher, particularly helping them to learn Chinese. So we are now moving in a structured fashion, and I can tell you that before long, you 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 won't find these problems as rampant as you expect. Uh, as I said, I, I've been chairing this committee, and we've had a few meetings uh, ourselves. You, you've met before, as you know, and I'm determined to, to change the landscape so that you can feel assured that EMs are all part of Hong Kong. I, I you, know, you know, Matthew, I, I, I do know you, and I know that you're a person, person of integrity. But I also know that uh, the, the problem is that we need leadership who represent us. And it's very difficult to see that leadership. And, I, and, I, and by that, I mean there need to be ethnic minorities in the senior government. They just need to be there. Now, we are getting, the moment, asking, as you know, we are now getting more ethnic minorities in our advisory committees. The number has increased sharply. Uh, on my side of the House Poverty Commission, Children Commission, and so on, we all now have to make sure that we, if we can, we'll actually Why are there, no senior, why are there no senior government officials who are ethnic minorities? Well, senior government officials normally this admission is a voluntary process. You know, you know, people are willing to come to the civil service. We're prepared to take them. There's no determination whatsoever, Hassan, I can assure you. But the proof of the pudding is in the easing. Uh, well, the I think probably it will take time. And also, it takes two to tangle. If the EM prepared to come into the civil for example, we're opening the door widely now. Uh, much more easier for EMs to get into the police force, the correctional services. A lot of inspectors now, police constables now come from the EM community. May, may I humbly suggest that the, yeah. if there are uh, too few ethnic minorities coming to the door, then, then maybe you need to issue them a more direct invitation and go out and headhunt. Yes, yeah, certainly. We will. We'll continue to do that. To do that. We're sure that Hong Kong is really, truly inclusive and caring. Okay, Asan, thank you very much indeed for, for your call. Our telephone number, if you want to talk to the uh, Chief Secretary, is 233-88266. He's here, he's live, he's on the line, and the number is 233-88266. If you want to uh, tell uh, or ask uh, anything of the uh, Chief Secretary and representing the administration, uh, here he is. Okay, we've got uh, Mr Chow, I think, on the line next. Mr Chow, good morning. Yeah, hello, House speakers, hello, CS. I am a university researcher, and I just want to make a very simple point about uh, the youth is this context, whether it's about uh, housing policy or it's about youth policy. Uh, from my research, uh, my data collection and analysis, this is not the case. The point is that uh, over 60 or even 70% of my interviewees are saying that the recent social movement since uh, 2014, the occupied movement to current uh, anti-extraditional movement, they are recognizing the structural imbalance the political institutional imbalance, as well as the political problems inside uh, the political sphere, whether it's about the uh, CE election or it's about the legislative uh, council election. So uh, whether it is about uh, youth policy failures, the discourse on uh, housing policy failures that the uh, policy address issued, uh, they say this is clearly not the case. They are saying that if I got a home to stay if I got uh, a fat to have. This does not matter whether I will go out and shout out their demands. And they make it clearly after the interview, many of them saying that five demands, not one less, because my interview uh, occurred during the movement. So in this sense, I think uh, this is quite terrible uh, to see the policy address as a researcher purely, purely tackling the point uh, of housing problem 
or housing policy. And the housing policy is not talking about raising public housing demand or housing public supply, but just about having the structural problem uh, on the side. Mr. Chow, let me, let, 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 let me explain very clearly that uh, the policy this year particularly focuses on livelihood issues for very, very good reasons. But we believe that, of course, there must be political reasons behind the social unrest. But we believe that there must be also be fundamental, long-term, long, deeply entrenched, deep-seated social conflicts, which are at play as well. It's a very complicated phenomenon that we are tackling here. It's not, it could be political, social, economic it's a mix of these so-called... That's a reasonable point of view, here. but then where are the political solutions? Well, the political solutions, as I said, political solutions lies in, first of all, restore calm and peace in the first place, ASAP. Unless that's you're a security solution, that's not a no, political solution. No, no, not solution. just a security situation. We're talking about, let's, let's, be, let's be realistic. Let's, let's have calm, an atmosphere conducive to a dialogue. Now, we are, as I said, moving on three fronts. We are adopting a three-pronged approach. One is... But you're not moving on the political... No, 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 no. As I said, well, a three-pronged approach, see, all right? Uh, a three-pronged uh, approach. First of all, we are, we are tackling the situation. We want peace and order to be restored ASAP. First point number one. Point two is we are open dialogue. We'll be reaching out to the community, listening to the views of the community. At the same time, we will work, collect, collect, work together using collective wisdom, the whole community, even appointing experts, academics, and uh, really social leaders to examine various issues in the community. What has gone wrong in Hong Kong? Uh, now it's a good start. The policy address is really make a very good start in the sense that with housing and land, uh, we we make a very good start in terms of finding a solution in the long term, and also in terms of wealth gap. We've done a lot this time. We've looked at the policy address. Look at the, 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 the policy address supplement, in fact, a lot of very important material there. We've got 220 initiatives. The policy address itself is pretty thin. It's only 53 yeah, categories, all right? Yeah, Mr. Chow, yeah. I understand, that, yeah. but the point is that uh, another question that I asked my interviewees, and this is even harder, more than 80% of my interviewees agree that the current problem should solve politically not in a policy way. Uh, in well, Cantonese, we, we all know that, you know, they all understand. agree on that point. And understand. even they say the housing problem should be solved in a political way because the, uh, the administration, not particularly not you, but uh, Mrs. Lam, they, uh, she don't have the political courage and guts to deal with the factor interests, to deal with the property developers as well as the central government. This is not what I say, that's what they say. More than 60% or 70% are talking about that in an in-depth interview. And they are furious on that. And you are still talking about, oh, we, we have to restore common peace and we have dialogue. Dialogue, of course, is important. But the point is that whether IPCC have the uh, right to arrest any, political, uh, any pol police officers who are breaching the law, no. On DOJ and on the police, I think Mr. Chen, you should be much more familiar than me. No, uh, so, so let me let me so let, 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 let stop you here. This is very funny to 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 listen on. Oh, we have to restore calm and peace. We have dialogue. But the point is that if you have want calm and peace ASAP, and this is talking about you have to restrain the police force, you have to restrain the law, so-called uh, law ex execution force instead because they are demanding political demands and you are using the police force as the between the so-called buffer zone 
No, it's not That's entirely true. Lamb, okay. uh, said to you know the okay. business elites released by the foreign media. Okay. okay. Now, political yeah. solutions. Let me explain clearly that we've already, uh, we've, we're just about. If, if the meeting last week, Legislative Council meeting, uh, to two days ago, uh, it could, if, if, if it could have been held smoothly, the bill itself would have been withdrawn there and then, straight away, after the policy address. Now we have to wait until next Wednesday session of the Legislature to do it. But it's purely a procedural step. The bill, as Mrs. Lamb said much, much earlier, was already dead in the waters. Now, this is a political solution to a political problem, right? The, the bill itself, the future defenders bill, was the, was the origin, was the origin of the entire, of the entire social arrest. The bill now has been taken off the agenda. So there's a political solution already. Now, uh, complaints about police excessive use of force, electric, electric use of force and so on in the, in the capable hands of the IPCC. Work is in full swing. And they've also invited five international experts, including London experts, particularly a former Her Majesty's Chief Inspector of Constabulary, experience in looking at the London riots, you know, and so on. Australia, New Zealand, and also Canada. This is very important. You've got I'm confused because you say you want to listen to the administration, but survey after survey and academic after academic and the the millions of people marching will tell you very, very clearly that they don't trust you, they don't trust the administration, they're very, very worried about Hong Kong, they're very, very worried about the police. And they want a commission of inquiry, and they they couldn't say that more clearly. And you say you're listening, but you don't seem to be you don't seem to be listening. No, if you're listening, also well, explain. let me add a very simple, explain. very simple remark. Yeah. Do you have the political guts to say to Mrs. Lam to invite Mr. Chris Patton, our former colonial lead, to get into the IPCC? I put away all these constraints. I assume IPCC is effective. Do you have that guts? Do you? add Mr. Chris Patton into the procedure, into the committee. Now, no, IP, because I, it's already settled. No, no, no. IPCC so that are, is the problem of the political institution. No, no, no. Whether it is accepting the public opinion or anger or discontent. No. Now, I think Mr. Chow, we must... Is, is, is speaking very clearly, so, yeah. We must give the IPCC... To, 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 to hear that IPCC still have the okay, authority. We must give the IPCC... IPCC observer even arrested. We must give the IPCC time and space to do their job, actually. They've now already worked in full swing, well underway. I, I totally understand. And the first I, I you initial the report faculty, should be completed, hopefully, yeah. every yeah. year. Every weekend we, have, year, right? we okay. have protests. Every weekend we have people being beaten up. Every weekend we have people even die or suicide because of the political movement. So we have to give time and space, IPCC. Okay, let's give the... So it means that we have to let these lives being beaten up or let them being die in the street or suicide, let them continue. Now, let me and we have IPCC to tackle the problem. Let me say if that this is the case, I don't think that the government, or particularly Mrs. Lam, have any integrity or shame to okay. run this government. Okay. Mr. Chen? No, I, just, I just want to make the point very clearly that if the community um, can be back to so-called calm and, and peace, for example, you know, then we can have a very good atmosphere to continue the dialogue. 
In fact, the dialogue is, is ongoing already, despite the, the, the present challenges we're facing. And also, we are now really cracking at all these long and trans deep seated problems, like housing supply, land supply, and also livelihood issues, the wealth gap, and so on. And also, we're talking about youth mobility as well. How, how, how about Mr. Chow's specific suggestion that Chris Patton be invited, who does have experience of conflict situations, be invited to join the IPCC? The IP is that something you would consider? Yes or the no? IPCC's work is entirely independent, as his name implies. So it's entirely up to, the, up to the Commission to, in, to invite experts. They've got, already got a pretty credible uh, international or, or, panel already in place. The right? they, they got Sir Dennis, Why Sir do you have to rely on IPCC itself instead of putting him in? But the government's position because you have the authority to do so. There are there are already there are they have already appointed foreign advisors, very sort of distinguished jurists from different different places it's, around the it's world. It's all five the people IPCC. without any links with Hong Kong, completely impartial, detached. You know, they have absolutely no preconceived idea about Hong Kong. They are just experts, particularly dealing with riots and police behaviour, police performance and procedures and all that, they are the right people for the job. Okay, okay Mr Chow, thank you very much indeed for your call. Oh, and once again, our, our telephone number is 233-88266. Uh, give us a call now if you want to talk to Matthew Chan, the uh, Chief Secretary for Administration. Uh, he's here and he's uh, taking your calls. He will listen to you. He has no choice. <laughs> the number is 233-88266-233-88266. Get your calls in now. Okay, Mr Chung, let's try and bring some clarity to the government's position on this important issue of the IPCC and what what form of investigation we might have into current events. I mean, you've repeatedly referred to the need that for, to give the IPCC a chance at this stage, but you've also said that you're very well aware of the strong body of public opinion uh, in favour of a commission of inquiry. Is, is it possible that after the IPCC completes its work, you will look at other forms of inquiry? But when you, when you keep talking about the IPCC, are you precluding other forms of inquiry, including a commission of inquiry, or simply saying they have to wait? No, the answer is very simple. The CD already made it quite clear on various occasions. Uh, we take the view, and I think it's, it's a pretty reasonable view, the IPCC provides a ready, established and independent mechanism for the task, they are really tailor-made for the task. Look at police performances, right? We're talking about if the, if the target primarily is police, then the IPCC is absolutely tailor-made for it because it's been there for 10 years. So you're not interested in the 80% of public opinion who want some other channel? No, we are aware, but let, let me explain that we, are, we also have to articulate our case why we believe the IPCC, the established mechanism, is the right channel. In fact, work has already started halfway. You know, they've, they've been working very hard. They've been collecting a lot of so-called evidence, information, inviting the media to provide videos and all that. They've got a lot of documents. So that's it, IPCC, nothing else? The IPCC, I think, is... Only IPCC? At this critical juncture, IPCC is because well Because you, you could say, well, we're going to do a commission of inquiry... Because you know when they get reported, it's going to be yes, from the IPCC. Early next year, we could right? say we could say we promise initial there will report. be a commission yeah. of the, the initial report. You could say the initial be, report. We promise there will be a commission uh, of inquiry. It's due in probably early next year, late, 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 late end of the year, but more like early next year. But you even after say, that, you're still just going to leave it to the IPCC. No, no, even at that stage, it, you won't consider alternatives like a commission of inquiry. As I said, the important thing is to get on with that important priority is the IPCC but you could meet, job. But I'm, I don't understand because you could meet the, the, the you could soothe a lot of that, the 80% perhaps of people who want a commission of inquiry you could say yes we will have a commission of inquiry as soon as the IPCC but report. Is if, if the intention is to duplicate the work of the IPCC then there is no point having another commission of inquiry. If the focus is on police, right? If the, the commission, what, what, whatever you call it focuses on a different thing different issue, different slant, different focus it would be a different story. 
But if you talk about again police performance and all that, tailor-made organisation called IPC is already doing the job. Okay, our telephone number two three three eight eight two six six. If you want to talk to the chief secretary, uh, Matthew Chung, uh, now it's your opportunity. And uh, Andrew is now on the line. Andrew, good morning. Good morning. Andrew. Morning, back chat. Good morning, Andrew, um, chief secretary. Yes, um, I know that we are backtracking by me asking a couple of questions here, but I hope that just really calmly, because I know it's a time where people are quite pent up with different emotions and opinions. But why on earth is it that the CE? is not showing the respect to the Hong Kong people this morning by by turning up in person and answering questions on the um, on the speech or the delivery that she herself gave. It's not really acceptable or respectful to the people that she's supposed to be serving to uh, to, to have you in the seat. No disrespect to yourself, you know, you're doing, doing the best job that you can, but it's not your policy address. Why on earth are you there? Uh, Andrew, it's, it's not by policy address, but it's, it's the teamwork. The policy address represents the, the government's policy address. Of course, it's delivered by the CE, but a lot of teamwork, collective wisdom has gone into the, 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 the drafting, the formulation of policies and so on. So we work as a team. As I said, it's a, it's, it's, it's a new format. The CE, as we all know, is very busy at the moment. Uh, not, 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 She's too busy to do this. No, no, not, the no question of, of, of not respecting, not not respecting the community. She's too busy to appear on Facebook Live. Uh, well, as, as, as I said, she's got a lot of commitments. And What's I, she doing at the moment that uh, she's too busy. Of course, you know, having meetings and all that. And That's all, what she's doing now. Uh, very busy. Who's she meeting now that she's too busy to talk to, to Hong Kong people? Well, as, as I said, you know, it's, it's a new format. I'm here, all right? I'm also part of the government it's, team. It, it's, right? it's, it's inexcusable after yeah. four months to be that disinterested. She should be actively, urgently wanting to be sitting where you're sitting now to, to really explain in the finer details that are allowed in only one hour of live radio and one hour in Chinese language radio to really not justify, but to but to talk about the importance of what she and her team, as you say, thought was so important to put into the policy address about housing and so on, but to not even address anything in particular about the unrest that is going on, not to promise that there will be more public forums, the 150 people that must have looked like nothing inside Queen Elizabeth Stadium, that huge venue, the only public forum in four months. It's a joke, isn't it? Come on, you work, for, you're, you're in a senior position in Hong Kong government. Do you really think that's okay? Uh, well, Andrew, our, our, our intention, our determination to connect with the community, it's quite clear. Uh, despite the present challenge that we're determined to reach out to the community. Uh, it's not just through radio program. We also talk about really going down to the, to the field, as it were, meeting people, grassroots people in the wrong districts and so on. Now, these things will happen. In fact, the last two years, I myself, for example, go around to all districts really every every month. I would say two, twice a month. So that that's real now, really, trying to fill the post of the community. We should do much more in future, I fully agree. We should rebuild trust in the community, in the civil so service. You, you should, do, you should do more, but then the chief executive's doing less. On the, this, that's something no, that no, she's, no, all, no, no. she's always done in the past. Uh, she's, yes. Previous chief executive's always done in the past. In fact, to be past. fair, the CEO has been meeting a lot of people from all walks of life, in various forums, uh, in, the, in, in the community and also in government house as well. Uh, you know, yeah. sometimes it's, it's before the camera, sometimes it's off the camera. But uh, I can but, assure but you so that... You need, uh, you, need to, you need to let the public know about these off-camera ones. We're hearing about it this morning 
morning, many of us for the first time, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, that, Andrew, you must appreciate that the participants' request to be so-called behind behind right. the closed right. door. Well, respect but, but, them, you know? but, but that hasn't really been announced fully, that there are so many closed-door community uh, briefings and discussions. It's the first time many of us are hearing about that okay. this morning. A Andrew, thank you very much indeed for your, for your call. We've got, a, we've got a few uh, uh, lining up. If we can squeeze in in the last uh, 13 minutes or so. If you want to talk to, the, to Matthew Chung, this might be your last chance for quite a while. So uh, call mm. now, 233-88266, since this has become only a, a, an annual uh, affair. Uh, Anna, I think, is next. Anna, good morning. Anna Fenton. Good morning. Yeah. Anna, good, good morning. morning. Good morning, Anna. Go ahead. Good morning, Mr. Chang. Good morning. I'm in Singapore this week, and it's quite interesting to see, you know, through the prism of far, far away, how Hong Kong looks from outside of the, from outside of Hong Kong. And people keep asking me, with some puzzlement, how long is the Hong Kong government going to allow uh, the reputation of Hong Kong, the business situation, you know, everything that we know and love about Hong, just to seem to be frittered away without the government actively appearing to do anything? So how long is the government going allow this situation to continue. Okay, um, Anna, thanks for your call. Anna, yeah. Anna, like you, we're very concerned about the present situation. We really want to bring back the familiar Hong Kong back to all of us, you know. That's why we're leaving those stone unturned, as I said, on, on various fronts. On the, on the, on the, on, on the on more immediate front, we have to make sure that Hong Kong re re returns to, back to return to law and order situation. Uh, calm and peace must come back as ASAP. At the same time, we are doing what we can to reach out to the community, open dialogue in a candid fashion, listen to the community humbly, and also try to do what we can to address community concern across the whole spectrum, including... But when, you I, say open dialogue, when you say open dialogue, what, uh, open in what sense? Open dialogue means you know, we are talking about talking to the Not community. Not secret dialogue. Well, if if the participants is a request to see us behind closed door, we have to respect. But otherwise, we are prepared to open it up. You know, for example, we go down the district for visits and all that. If what a community forum is open to the community. Because if you want open dialogue, this is open dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. But you haven't been doing this. Absolutely. We can do more in future, Ben yeah. if you think it's useful. Oh, we do. Vehicle, of course I know. do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared to come, come back more it's often in the future. You know. All right. Well, okay. please, please. Yeah, come back every yeah. week. Yes, yes, we yeah. would love to have... A, a, <laughs> could send you, could your, you make send that your principal officials could somebody well, right? from the Could somebody from the administration come on once a week? On, yeah. on we'll we'll do our best. Do our best here. I can't promise you, but we're more often... We would love to hear your point of view. This more more the, often to come back. This is the, yeah. this is the to point. To connect with the community. Okay, thank you very much. Indeed. Okay, uh, yeah, next caller, uh, our number is 233 is Alan. Alan, good morning. Good morning there. Good morning, good morning Mr. Alan. Good morning. Um, Mr. Chung, um, I guess you're aware of that anyone who studies history will say that uh, uh, any fool who doesn't understand history is doomed to repeat it. Um, and looking at the current situation, can you think of any other situation where 80% of the population is governed by 20% or even less, maybe 10% against its will by a paramilitary police force um, and uh, that was successfully calmed down in your sense? And may I point you to uh, South Africa under um, apartheid, which was a very similar situation, and Northern Ireland. And both of those conflicts lasted for more than 10 to 20 years. So your current idea of waiting for things to calm down is basically insane if you think about it compared to history. And has anybody in government pointed this out? I really would like to know whether anyone understands history in your government. 
Ellen, uh, we're not sitting on our hands at all. Uh, let, me, let me make it absolutely clear that we're not just waiting there for things to happen. Uh, we are doing what you, we you can. You just said you were waiting for it to calm down. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but when I say waiting to calm down, it's you must restore all the law and order back to Hong Kong in the first yeah, place, I right? I told you it didn't work. No, 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 no. It didn't work. What we are doing, Island, not what, what we are doing is already we are, we've been tackling, tackling very, very effectively, They're taking away the bill. The very controversial well, bill is not already off the, off the agenda. The other point is, as I said, that the in inquiry and study and all are already underway by the Independent Police Complaints Council, supported um, by a very worked. high power international panel of experts. Worked. You've got to do something serious. No, we, we, must, we, we must give, give, no, no, we must give the police. And it's not changed, has it? Three we, months already, you've been repeating the same point over and over again. And nothing has changed. No, at, at the same time, as I said, we're not sitting on our hands in the sense that you know, we're not tackling the deep-seated social conflicts in the community, including... You're not. You're no, no, we are. We are. If, you, if you look at the policy you address... You haven't done anything in the last three months apart from withdraw the bill and introduce the face ban. No, no. no. made things worse. We're not opening up channel of communication with the community. As I said, you know, a, a closed-door session, open dialogue... So you, you basically uh, so haven't on. told the government any other examples of a similar situation, have you? Well, you haven't discussed any examples of history which follow the same situation as Hong Kong. Now we know that our task is, first of all, to, to get Hong Kong back to normal. Well, it's not wish, going right? to get to normal unless you understand what the lessons of history, is it? Yes, well, at, at, at the same time, we've got to find viable solutions. Okay, uh, let, let's put Alan's point Alan. that uh, he says mm. from experience elsewhere, this kind of conflict could go on for 10 to 20 years. Is it? Do you accept it's a possibility that um, what, the situation in Hong Kong could continue for 10 to 20 years? I well, know you don't want that, but well, it's possible. Daniel, we don't have a crystal ball. But our wish, I think coming wish everybody, is to see come in order restored ASAP. Okay. Well, this is our wish, come and wish. That's what we are doing towards that direction. We will be doing whatever we can. Do our utmost to do that, all right? As I said, political, social, economic, on all fronts. And, but we need the support of the whole community as well. We can't just fight it alone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your call. Uh, Mike, I think, is next uh, on yeah, the line. Mike, go ahead. Go ahead. Good morning. You hear me? Mike, yep. Mike good morning, yeah. Mike. Good morning. Um, uh, there's some co court cases that are going to be coming up uh, in the near future with the protesters. And there's a, there's a bill in the United States. It's called the Bradley Bill. And the Bradley bill is that all evidence that the government has against an individual, not just the evidence that is in his uh, against him, but also evidence that is in his favor, the government must produce all evidence um, uh, in the court cases. Uh, you know, some of the evidence might might make um, might be shown that he is innocent of the charges but gov but hong kong doesn't have this bill hong kong doesn't have this right hong kong's um uh, uh, uh justice department only brings out evidence that is against uh the individuals that the government is charging can you fix this well, I'm no, no legal expert myself, Mike, I must be honest, but I will certainly reflect your sentiments and suggestions to the Secretary of Justice, the Department of Justice, and uh, see what they can do. And, well, they won't do, they won't do anything. I mean, yeah. unless, uh, because the, the, the Department of Justice wants an easy case. Mm. They don't want to have a difficult case. They want their, they are actually, they're not the Justice Department. They are the government's lawyers in defending the government. They, they're, Justice has nothing to do with what they do, with the work that they do. 
and so uh, this is just something that's highlighted in a case that I've been in, in, involved with that the mm-hmm. government accused. They, with, they withheld the information, the ex- exculpatory information, that it would have proved me innocent. But the government had the information and they withheld it. Uh, you have to do something about this if you want to have a fair judiciary. Okay, Mike, yeah, thanks okay. very much indeed for your, for your call. Uh, related again. to the DOJ. Right. Okay, uh, 233 uh, Bowen is next, I think. Bowen, go ahead. Hi, good morning. Bowen, good uh, morning. Yes, good morning, Mr. Chung. Uh, I want to re- respond to a comment you made. Hi. Hi. Uh, I want to make... Uh, there's an echo here. Yes, yes, I can hear you. Please, please oh, just go ahead, yeah. Bowen, if you can. Yeah, there's an echo. Well, uh, what I say seems to come back. I don't know why. I'll try this. Yeah, okay. Uh, I want to make a response to the comment you made uh, min- uh, about 10 minutes ago about the appropriateness of the IPCC as the body for investigating into the uh, entire matter. I just want to draw to your attention that uh, that is actually not appropriate because uh, the terms of reference for the uh, Commission for Inquiry, uh, a draft terms of reference have been drawn up by a group of 34 senior officers and legislators, including uh, Joseph Wong, Peter Lai, Eva Chang, Anson Wong, and so on, uh, Anson Chan, and so on. And 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 really, uh, what they are saying is that there should be two areas for the Commission of Inquiry. Uh, the thing about the p- p- police brutality is only one area. But there's another equally important, and personally, I think, even more important area. And I'll read it out to you as published in the uh, South China Morning Post. I'll try to paraphrase it, because some of, some of it is a bit long. It says, to ascertain the causes and circumstances leading to the widespread public opposition to the introduction of the extradition bill, including, but not limited to, inquiring into the appropriateness, or otherwise, of the government's handling of the bill from its publication to the announcement of its decision on the 15th of June to suspend the bill but not withdraw the bill. Now, that's very clear. Uh, The police brutality, to my mind, is actually a relatively minor matter because the police acts under the command. Uh, Well, under the... They they are supposedly uh, supposed to exercise their own independent professional discretion but i think everybody in our society uh have good cause to suspect that they have been acting under the direction of 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 people above bowen 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 uh, uh, Bowen, we've only got like a couple of minutes left before the news at nine mr chung do you want to respond i mean could you have a, a commission of inquiry uh which doesn't overlap with the IPCC. Well, as I said at the moment, at the moment the key task is the IPCC to get on this work, and work is already in full swing, and its focus is on police performance. Exactly. Bowen said that, as he pointed out, the IPCC can't investigate the government's own handling of events this year. So the IPCC is irrelevant for that. Who's going to investigate the government's own handling of events? As I said, if the focus is not strictly on police performance and so on, then it's a different story. So you'd okay. consider a commission on non-police matters? Well, I, 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 won't, I won't commit anybody at this stage, but let me think the whole thing at the moment is the priority task is to address public concern early on. The focus was on police performance, basically, right? 
use of force, ex alleged use, excessive use of force. Bowen, that, Bowen, that's yeah. the answer. It's the IPCC. You know? Bowen? Well, hi. I, hi. I, just, I just want to say that, really, I mean, if you come to think about it, it's the government's performance which is even more important than the police brutality. How do we get to this present situation? How have the saga been allowed to deteriorate month after month after month? That is the main problem. Police is not a problem. The police just follow orders. So, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the crux of the problem is that you guys are trying to, to put the police as a kind of buffer between the incompetence of the government and the public. Okay, Mr. Chung, your last word, the last 30 seconds. Well, the answer is, is I'm being team opposition, it's uh, the government's line is pretty clear that at the moment, if you talked about independent commission, uh, that the IPCC is already doing it. Of Not course, for the if, if it goes beyond police police performance and all that, it's a different story, as I said. You know. Well, you have to look into it. You have yeah. to consider it. Anson Chen and Freddie Free, other senior officials, are demanding it. Okay, Bowen, many thanks for your call. Thank you to everybody uh, who called us uh, this morning on this special phone-in to the uh, Chief Secretary, uh, Matthew Chang. And Mr Thank Chang, you. we look forward, uh, honestly, to, to see speaking to you again and to your colleagues in uh, forthcoming back chat programmes. Right. You, once again, you will get a chance to talk directly uh, to the administration. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. The regular back chat programme will resume uh, after the news at uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, before that, quick look at the weather. Cloudy periods and some isolated showers uh, at first today and uh, the latest readings. Uh, at the moment, the relative humidity is at 76% and the air temperature now at uh, 25 degrees Celsius. Back after the news at 9.